the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. Well, today we are going to review the election results, including the Senate, the House, the governor's races, and last but definitely not least, the races here in San Diego County. And it's going to be accompanied by Kathleen's and my scintillating commentary. (laughs) So it's a, a show not to miss. Glad you joined us. Overall look, we were told to expect a huge red wave. We got a smaller red wave. I think the good news is uh, we may still have enough of a red wave to take the House and the Senate, and that is not ever insignificant. Let's take a look, first of all, at Florida. Florida had a huge red wave. Not only landslide victories for Ron DeSantis and Marco Rubio in the Senate, but pickups in Congress and a wave of school board elections of new candidates who are pro-parent, and that's very encouraging. Maybe, Kathleen, we should do what Republicans do in Florida. I I think Florida's done a lot of good things under Ron DeSantis, haven't they? Well, I think we should definitely look at what DeSantis did in Florida and take some lessons. We know some of the actions he took. He kept schools and businesses open during COVID. He opposed all vax mandates. He appointed a new common sense, non-woke state public health director, Dr. Ladapo. He supported parent involvement in schools and a parent's bill of rights. He took away Disney's special tax privilege when they tried to impose radical transgender ideology on children in public schools. So there was a consequence to them threatening to do that and and he supports a common sense immigration policy and he just seems to have so much common sense anyway all these things have led to a strong economy and people have been moving to florida in droves including from new york and california so this is this is one of the ways you know that he has really brought turned things around in florida and, and set an example And I also liked what former Senator Rick Santorum said about why DeSantis outperformed so many other Republican candidates. He ran on positive accomplishments and specific plans for the future instead of doing the mistake that often happens on both sides. They focus too much on how bad the other side is instead of constructive plans for the future. I think one of the surprises 
was how well incumbents did. We often say, you know, incumbents are, you know, 90, 95% reelected. But this time, even a CNN poll taken right on the eve of the election said about 75% of all voters were dissatisfied with the economy and they were dissatisfied with the overall direction of the of the country. And yet, apparently, many of those same voters went ahead and then voted for the same guys that they've had all along. So they don't translate their dissatisfaction with the way things are going into, gee, maybe we need different folks running things. That that seems to be a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Well, you know, I agreed with one of the Democratic strategists that we heard on Fox News. He was asked his explanation for the success of the Democrats, even in light of the high inflation, the energy shortages, the high crime, and the low approval numbers of Biden that we're seeing. He said, well, the Democrats have the unions, they have big money donors, they have the media on their side. I can't say, he said, that they had an appealing message He admitted they didn't really. They didn't really have an appealing message. But Democrat voters tend to be loyal even if they don't have an appealing message. So that's pretty crazy, isn't it? And what about you said that it it used to be Well, the thing that's changed from most of the past elections, and you and I have been through quite a few elections, the biggest – one of the biggest things that's changed, it used to be big corporations – mostly contributed to Republicans and big unions contributed to Democrats. Now, both big corporations and big unions mostly contribute to Democrats. That's why Republicans are significantly outspent in practically every race. I mean, this is an extreme case here in California, but Gavin Newsom outspent his opponent, Brian Dalla, who most people unfortunately never heard of, he outspent him about 50 to 1. But even in the very competitive races, Democrats typically had about a 2 to 1 advantage in spending because they're getting the big corporate money and the big union money. Well, that makes it possible for them to get the name recognition out there. And it's in, in some ways it's amazing that Republicans have done as well as they do and do as well as they do because we don't have all those advantages that these other that the Democrats have to get name recognition to get uh, the the ability to get names out there and our message across so we do it through grassroots we do it through meeting together in town halls we do it with the independent media we are still able to do it and you know we have construction constructive plans for the future. Let's review some of the results. I'm going to start with the U.S. Senate. And we do have first, a good message. We do have a good message. Yeah. So the first thing I'm going to say about the Senate, I am so glad that Senator Ron Johnson in Wisconsin was able to prevail. He only won by about one point, but I'll take it. He won. Why am I so, besides the fact that it helps the Republicans potentially get the majority, Besides that, Ron Johnson has been the boldest leader in Congress on the whole issue of COVID. He's the only congressperson, to my knowledge, that actually held congressional hearings where doctors like Pierre Corey and Dr. Peter McCullough could actually talk about their own experience and their own data using repurposed drugs like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin to treat covid And they estimated in that congressional testimony, and there were dozens of people that testified, that the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, could have been ended within a matter of months, 
and at least half a million Americans died needlessly because they were blocked from getting needed medication. So congrats to Ron Johnson, and thank goodness it looks like we're going to have him for at least another six years. And we cannot forget about the pandemic. What happened and the 500,000 that died just because of repurposed drugs doesn't even that doesn't that's not counting how the death spike went up after the vaccine came out and with the remdesivir pro- protocol so we're not even counting those but you can even go on worldometer and see how the death spike went up after the vaccine came out and it continues to be higher than normal and why are they not investigating that well let's hope that Ron Johnson and his congressional committee and others investigate it more and publicize what exactly is going on with that. So the, he, he wants to get rid of the corruption and hear, hold more hearings. Steve Kirsch of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation said for those supporting medical freedom, Senator Johnson's reelection was probably the most important race in Congress. And we donated to his campaign, didn't we, Brian? We need his voice in Washington. And this is one to really watch and pray for and continue to monitor what happens with Ron Johnson and his committees. Absolutely. So in other Senate races, everybody was watching the one in Pennsylvania where Democrat John Fetterman won a narrow victory over Dr. Mehmet Oz. This really shocked a lot of people because when they finally, when Fetterman finally agreed to have a debate and he stumbled through it and he he actually made Joe Biden look coherent in terms (laughs) of his inability to complete a sentence. Yeah, terrible. And yet he won and people are scratching their heads in fact, in fact, speaking of Ron Johnson, he just said today, he said, I wonder how bad things have to get before Democrats stop voting Democrat. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of sobering things that come out of that. Well, I do we know get- that there's a lot of corruption in Pennsylvania from folks that we know that are from there. They say that's been going on a long time. And so there might yeah, there's be all that. that could also be a big factor as well. But a lot of Democrats did vote Democrat. In other races, congratulations to Mike Lee, who won in Utah. Uh, Believe it or not, he did have a fairly competitive race. And it looks like Adam Laxalt in Nevada has won a victory over an incumbent. And that looks very good. And what's the most important race now? December 6th runoff between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. That'll probably determine whether Republicans get a majority in the Senate. Neither candidate reached 50%. There was a libertarian candidate in there who may have taken more votes from Herschel Walker. He's not going to be in this runoff. So that is going to be, think about what's at stake. What's at stake is every judicial appointment, including Supreme Court appointments that Biden makes, Every other appointment, any any replacement cabinet appointments, whether or not the Senate continues a filibuster, whether or not they stack the Supreme Court, all these things are dependent on who's going to have the majority in the United States Senate. People estimate, I estimate, that spending on this single Senate race could run, believe it or not, into the hundreds of millions of dollars because that is how much is at stake. So, folks... We encourage you to support Herschel Walker. You can't vote for him if you live in California, especially if you're a Republican and you honor the laws. You probably can't vote for Herschel Walker, but you can donate. Donate to Herschel Walker. So, uh, and by the way, not everybody that has the most money wins. We saw that. Thank goodness. With uh, in in Florida, 
Marco Rubio oh, was Mar- outspent two to one. Yeah, but he won in a landslide. Yeah. So it doesn't always matter who's spent, who spends the most. Right. So. Let's turn to the House for a moment. It appears as of this taping, and uh, there's still a lot of votes to be counted. It appears the Republicans have taken the House, not confirmed finally yet, but it appears Kevin McCarthy will replace Nancy Pelosi. What does this mean? Well, one of the first things it's going to mean is no more January 6th committee on TV, no more having to watch Liz Cheney. She isn't going to be in the Congress anymore anyway. And Kevin McCarthy, generally, I think the party coming in should focus on things that really directly help the economy and fight crime and things like that, and they need to do that. But I think it's also very important, and Kevin McCarthy promised this, to to have investigatory committees to probe the DOJ, Department of Justice, the FBI, and the whole origins of COVID and the whole COVID response. He's promised that. We need to hold them to it because there's just so much there that's going to affect our future. Yes, we have control of the House. This is something to really celebrate. and But we have to hold our representatives accountable. We have to pressure them. We have to keep encouraging them to their commitment to America. And Kevin McCarthy came up with this platform that they would do if they take the House. But they didn't publicize it necessarily. Most people weren't well even aware enough, of it. But right. let's let's be aware of it anyway. Let's review what is this commitment to America? Energy independence, secure the border, secure our elections, curb inflation, fund the police, parents' bill of rights, hold criminals in office accountable, and we also want to sound currency, stop the runaway, runaway spending, and the central bank digital currency. This is a big agenda, but this is an appealing message. Most people would agree with all these things. If they would have gotten this out like they did years ago with the contract with America, I think Republicans probably would have swept. It would have been a, it would have potentially been a red wave. I don't think most people are even aware of this. No, and that's partly because of the censorship. And because and of, because not having the dollars, and they were late in redu- uh, releasing it. Anyway, there's a lot of post, right, but, postmortems we can do. But looking forward, as Kathleen says, we can't let the Republicans get squishy, can we? We no. got to hold their feet to the fire. We should be calling and emailing our representatives on a regular basis. They need to hear from us. They need the encouragement. They need to know that there's public support for what they're have, they have promised to do. So let's take a look uh, briefly at governor's races. That was that was admittedly disappointing. For example, Kathy Hochul in New York and Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan are not two of my favorite governors. Those races were predicted to be very tight with uh, insurgent Republican candidates. They turned out not to be very tight. They were both reelected by fairly strong margins. Once again, <laughs> look at New York. Kathy Hochul brushed away crime as an issue, pretended it wasn't even an issue, and apparently a lot of voters in New York bought it. It kind of spins my head around, but we got to know, you know, we got to deal with the cards we're dealt here. Just one word on California. Wait, wait, but they cannot complain when they do have more lockdowns, more school closures, right. more crime. More, I mean, the crime is just out of control there, so they can't. Contr- they cannot complain. They're going to ex- have to expect... More of the same, more chaos, more crime. Uh, 
I'm afraid the elections same, have consequences. I'm afraid, Kathleen, the same holds true closer to home here in California. Gavin Newsom was reelected by more than 20 points, so don't see, be surprised. I know this doesn't apply to practically all of our listeners, but don't be surprised, folks who voted for Newsom, to have more states of emergencies, climate emergencies, very expensive gas. Like you say, elections have consequences. Right, and he hasn't even repealed the state of emergency that we have now. He may try to put in a new one so he has more control and act more like a dictator like he already has. And we have to push back. We have to be ready. We have to say, no, we're not going to comply. There is no emergency. We have to do our due diligence and, and do the research, not be intimidated, and just not comply. Two more just, governor's races, really important. One is Arizona, Kerry Lake was set by the pollsters with a late surge to go to a fairly easy victory. That isn't happening. It's really tight. I just saw this morning there's over 400,000 votes just in crazy Maricopa County. They have a heck of a time counting ballots there or getting their election machines to run. I hate to complain, but some of these things are really frustrating. And that was a Republican that was over that thing. And a third of the machines malfunctioned on election night. So, But he's also a member lock. of the – his name is Bill Gates, strangely enough. But he's also a member of the Aspen Institute, which is a globalist organization. So we don't know if he's a sincere, honest Republican. Yeah. Just because we he, it's It's hard to know. And what about Oregon? That's another where we were hoping, and it could still happen, folks – where an, a Republican could actually get elected governor of Oregon. What did your si- your sister's been watching that race? Did she lives in Oregon? Well, she lives in Coos County, which is on the coast. It's a small county, but they, of course, are very affected by what happens in their capital, and they are lo- looking at the governor's race. They have had Kate Brown, who has been a terrible governor. She's been a dictator like Newsom. She's had the shutdowns and the mass mandates and all the mandates. Uh, and not only that, but she she went to Coos County where they had a correctional facility that housed the criminals and just completely shut it down. She, she let out all the felons and the criminals out onto the population. So uh, they, you know, the, now their crime rate's gone up. Funny thing. So they're very unhappy with Kate Brown, but now this Tina Kotek, who is running for the office uh, as a Democrat, is probably, in at least in my sister's and brother-in-law's opinion, worse than Kate Brown. And the, but it's too close to call. The other candidate is Castina Drizan, who is a more moderate conservative. She's voted on the conservative side. 60% of the time, but that would be a vast improvement over either Kate Brown or Tina Kotek. So we're really watching Oregon, too, and there's there's the mail-in ballots there. They have the corruption that my sister has actually seen. There's a lawsuit in Coos County against the corruption that they have seen and documented there in the vote counting. They don't allow the observers to come in. They make excuses. They take way too long. And, and things like this. It pays so to it pays to be vigilant, though. There are benefits. There's always fraud, but 
hopefully there was less fraud in this election than two years ago, and hopefully two years from now there'll be less fraud. So we're not trying to. We want to encourage you. Only through our involvement can we can we make progress. Yes. I, I we need to look at the San Diego County results, and I want to start out by giving congrats to several. Uh, former guests or recent guests on our radio show here that won their races. A few weeks ago, we had Andrew Hayes on. He just won re-election to the Lakeside School Board. We've also had Melanie Burkholder as a guest. She just won election for the first time to the Carlsbad City Council. Congrats, Melanie. And Kevin Kiley, we've had him on several times. He was just elected for the first time to the United States Congress. He's going to be a tremendous voice in Congress Congrats to Kevin. As of this taping, it's still undecided, the very close Brian Marriott versus Mike Levin race. We're really rooting for Brian. He's behind by two points, but lots of votes to be counted. School boards, I think the picture was a mixed bag. Two of the guests we've had, Cheryl Cavalier and Sharon McKeeman, they were not successful in their first-time runs for school board, but they ran excellent campaigns. I encourage Cheryl and Sharon to keep up the fight and run again. And just a few weeks ago, we had Becca Williams, who ran for San Diego School Board. That one is still to be decided very tight. 1,900 votes between them and 30,000 votes still to be counted. Our condolences, but congrats also to Amy Reichert. She did not beat Nathan Fletcher, and we've got to live with Nathan Fletcher apparently for four more years, but we got to resist the bad things that he's likely to continue to do. And congrats, Amy, on an excellent campaign. And we really need to watch him because he is a card-carrying member, that is Nathan Fletcher, of the World Economic Forum. It's illegal to even be a member of a subversive group like that. Maybe there should be a lawsuit uh, because... We, we need to stop him, and we need to really plaster it everywhere that he is a member of that group that wants to take away all our private property and all our civil rights. Oh, hmm. That- he's going he's gonna to be one to watch. I was talking yeah. to a political insider about Nathan Fletcher yesterday, and Nathan Fletcher's only 45 years old. He believe this person I was speaking with, believes that Nathan Fletcher not only has his eyes on running for governor in four years, he's kind of a protege of... Gavin. But even beyond that, he thinks, this person thinks that Nathan Fletcher already has his eyes on the presidency. Oh, after wow. That. Boy, so does he have he, aggrandizing ambitions? He has aggrandizing ambitions, but I think he has some wealthy people behind him, too. Before we leave local races, I want to say some very encouraging things happened in mayoral races here in the county. In Chula Vista, which is the second largest city in the county, John McCann, who's a young, strong conservative candidate, won for, as a first-time candidate for mayor of Chula Vista. Rebecca Jones won a big re-election as mayor of San Marcos. John Franklin, first time we know him very well. He ran and won as mayor of Vista. And in Escondido, it looks like Dane White, but this is still still too close to call. Dane's leading, but not finished yet. But if Dane wins, he will have defeated an incumbent Democrat, an incumbent Democrat who voted for the mileage tax. And especially if Dane wins and with the victory of John McCann, I'm happy to say it looks like we have the votes now on Sandag that we could block if they try to revive the mileage tax or any other really onerous things. I think the votes are there as long as we hold their feet to the fire. 
that we can block some of this bad stuff. Well, and the fact that Dane White looks like it looks like he has won will make it easier for us to do our plan in Escondido to make it a an abortion-free zone and a sanctuary city for families and babies. Working uh, with pastors of all faiths. Yes, and that is one of the most disappointing things about this election is the vote on on Amendment 1 to our Constitution to enshrine abortion as a constitution constitutional right uh you know in our constitution of our state and so i'm i personally am ashamed of people that voted for that so in such a large margin but it renews our commitment to change people's opinion to support life and all the alternative pregnancy centers to make a plan like we have in escondido to make it a sanctuary place for for families and babies in an abortion-free zone. So we have to do it little by little. We have to still stand our ground and and do the the things we need to do to to push back against the evil forces and the the, the, the culture of death. And I just want to say that it's always been a culture war here in America. Ever since the pilgrims stepped off the Mayflower, there there have been the godly people and the ones who want the word of God to just go away. And that's where we are right now. The progressives would like the word of God and those that believe in it to go away somehow. Uh, they So we're in a culture war. It's a spiritual battle. We persist. It's not going to be engineered away by some kind of social engineering. We're going to be in this conflict. Jesus said it, it will be a fact until he comes again. And that's what we look for. We're going to keep speaking the truth, loving our neighbor as ourselves. And being the the hands and feet of Jesus and the voice of Jesus. And I second that. And from our side, we know that no single election, even if there'd been a gigantic so-called red wave, no single election or no elections, period, are going to solve all our problems. The millennium is not here. Um, but we are responsible for doing our part. We're responsible for speaking out. And we just... Really appreciate our listeners and other like-minded citizens that got a lot of good results in this campaign, even in San Diego County. There are actually a lot of things to celebrate, and it's progress, step by step, inch by inch. Till next God's week. will be done. Bye-bye. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.